Welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show. I am your host, Big Baby, aka the Soul of RB. And to my right, we have always on time, the hardest working woman in the world, Queen Tay. Um, BK Matt is out. He's sick. Uh, we wish him well to get better. Peter's on the road as usual. You know how that go. But um, welcome to episode 93. Uh, we have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. This um, this Brian Flores stuff is, is pretty sick for the most part. And um, I just hate the fact that, you know, we're still continuing to go through the same thing. And, you know, it goes back to that, that stupid-ass Rooney rule that, we, that was put in place a long time ago, which does nothing to help black people. All it does is just make the white GMs and owners look a lot better. And it doesn't. <laughs> It'll do nothing for them. Well, we're talking about Brian Flores? Yes. So it's an unfortunate situation all around the board. I mean, my thing was with the Brian Flores thing, it's going to have, reper- for me, it might seem to have repercussions for years to come for the league. If mm-hmm. the evidence that he says he has, he indeed has, that sets a precedent for you know, fans are betting on these games, so people might want their money back if they were betting on the Dolphins. I mean, I don't know who would bet on the Dolphins, especially these past couple of years, yeah. but, you know, there are faithful fans who would still do so. I mean, the racial disparity was already apparent, even in how black coaches are even treated with um, not having as long of a tenure and not having a long time to get their teams together, not really having the pieces needed. I think Mike Tomlin is one of the only standard bearer of black coaches um, in the league that has that longevity and, you know, but has consistently shown every year that he could take his team to the playoffs, you know, and actually he did win a ring. So at the end of the day, um, if he has that proof, then it might end up sending ripple effects that might impact the league for years to come. We knew this with the Colin Kaepernick situation. We knew this with several other situations that the racial disparity is real. And um, Brian Flores, who's a Brownsville native, by the way, yeah. um, it, all, you did take the money to do this. To coach? Um, to throw games. He didn't take the money, though, he said. Okay. I want to – for him to – my thing is, for him to bring it up, what the Dolphins did, that will – and if he took the money, that will completely destroy his argument and nobody will be listening to anything he has to say. Right. Um, He has to also understand that he would never get another coaching gig in the NFL again. Um, It wasn't as if his, his reviews were glowing – um, I don't know what he really did as a coach, but um, I do feel that the Giants interviewed him as a part of an affirmative action plan um, to at least just get blackface in there. Um, I also want to know, um, Bill Belichick, I mean, he didn't, I don't think he did necessarily anything wrong either. Yeah. He confused a black guy with a white guy. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was my biggest thing. I don't think he did anything wrong. It was more or less like, well, this Brian um, got it and this Brian didn't. And he's like, oh, shit, I texted wrong Brian. <laughs> but then, like I said, when people, were, people are trying to put it on Belichick, first of all, Belichick shouldn't know that information anyway. But I guess he's so well-connected to the point where – yeah. 
Yeah, like, like, where, like, oh, well, I knew this before you did. What? That don't make no sense. Um, it makes no sense. But you know what? None of this stuff makes sense. None of it. On the road again. I can't wait to be on the road again. I right, listen. I can't wait to get home. I am stuck in traffic. What's up, everybody? I missed that traffic. <laughs> listen, I, I do not. I ninety-five. Yeah, yeah I, I have to now. I have to now travel. On my mornings are great because uh, I leave early enough, so I don't get any of the ninety-five traffic. But coming back home. Cause we dismiss between uh we're not we don't leave the building between four until four and four thirty depending on the day so it's like i have to go from 150th street in harlem either over the 155th street bridge or go all the way up to 180th to get on the cross bronx and 95 so i get all that coming home from jersey traffic and it is not fun yeah i can only imagine yeah. not at all we talking about Brian Flores going to get black ball for the NFL again? Yep. What are your thoughts on, on just that whole situation, how it turned out? The man's not wrong. I mean, listen, I don't have any inside details or inside scoop as to what happened, whether or not the conversations between him and Stephen Ross about throwing games in Miami is accurate, uh, whether or not his interviews were, were false and shammed. I have no inside info about that, but what he's talking about in terms of black coaches not getting a fair shake, black general managers not being given or candidates for general manager jobs not being chosen uh, and being black individuals um, is it, true. Um, I spoke about this in the chat when this entire story started breaking. I mm -hmm. think what the NFL is going to end up doing is they're going to end up nitpicking because he, he mentioned uh, head coaches, general managers, uh, and coordinators. And I think the NFL is really going to try to nitpick over the fact of like, oh, well, look at Byron Leftwich. Oh, look at Raheem Morris. Look at, look at Eric Bieniemy. Look at, you know, we have great uh, black uh, offensive and defensive coordinators. We have, you know, women on the coaching staffs now. I believe even Tampa Bay, one of their coaches, uh, is a is a female uh, part of the LGBTQ community. Um, so I think they're going to try to nitpick on that. But Brian Flores isn't wrong. You know, outside of Mike Tomlin, who's the only surviving black head coach after Brian Flores was fired. Right. Uh, outside of Mike Tomlin, when has a black head coach been given a team straight off the rip that was ready to succeed? And I'm not talking about interim head coaches because Mike Singletary, when he became the interim head coach in San Francisco, had a good team and he was eventually given the job for about a year or two after being the interim head coach. But he did not interview when the job was open and get hired from a pool of candidates. You know, right. they kept him on for cohesion. Um, same thing happened with um, I'm forgetting his um, I'm really for, I'm really forgetting his name. He was the coach for um, Oh Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was handpicked by Tony Dungy in Indianapolis. You know, but, you know, and Jim Caldwell had some good teams, but it's very rare for a black head coach, if if ever, for a black head coach to be hired from a pool of candidates and given a team that is ready to succeed at a high level. And then the black head coach is then um, tethered to that mm -hmm. negative record. Explain right. to me why Eric Bieniemy, who we've heard his name in head coaching interviews for how many years now? Explain mm -hmm. to me why Eric Bieniemy hasn't been given a head coaching job. I mean, the talking heads on ESPN have been screaming about this for two, three years. Raheem Morris is, you know, is, is a coordinator again and not a head coach. Todd Bowles was a head coach for the Jets and had a, a bad time in, in New York. And all of a sudden the narrative was, well, he's good as a coordinator, but he can't be a head coach. But you get coaches. Let's, let's be honest. Who was just hired as the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars? 
Not Brian Leftwich because he declined the job. Right, <laughs> but who did get hired? The story broke last late last night that they hired former Eagles coach Doug Peterson to be the next head coach in Jacksonville. Mm. Dougie P. But, yeah, okay, DP won a Super Bowl in Philly with the whole Carson Wentz, Nick Foles thing. But outside of that, Doug Peterson wasn't entirely the most successful coach in Philadelphia. No, far from it. But this but he back. got a job. Yeah. You know, but Leftwich couldn't get a job. Raheem Morris can't get a job. Jim Caldwell couldn't get a job for a while. I think the last head coach that was hired for a really good team off the rip was um, for the Arizona Cardinals, and he has passed away, and I'm forgetting his name. The one that had the iconic, they are who they thought we who they who we thought they were. Den, um, Dennis, uh, Dennis, and I'm forgetting his last name. Yeah. So, but he was the last, in my opinion. I think if I'm not, if I'm being, if I'm, I might be inaccurate, but I believe he was the last head coach hired from a pool of candidates and given a successful team, and that's because he was an NFL coaching veteran. Well, okay, I want to throw a few numbers around that that goes into this, right? So, um, give me one second. I, I have it up, and and so, also. Can we stop the narrative on social media from people saying Brian Flores didn't do nothing in Miami? In his three years in Miami, he had a winning overall record. He won with a rookie Tua Tonga Vailoa, a Tua Tonga Vailoa this year, okay, that was barely on the field. He had two straight winning seasons in Miami, okay? So he made a spectacular record. But he has a good record considering that he played against the Bill Belichicks, the Buffalo Bills, you know, the, the higher-end team. that He built a team that won in Miami with nobody. Well, I, I want to round this back to the, the Rooney Rule, right? But we're we're going to start from way before the Rooney Rule. So, um, 1983, Art Shell became the first – at that time, and the only black head coach in the NFL. He was um, coach of the Raiders from 1983 to 2006. Um, in that time, in 2003, the Rooney Rule was in implemented. And when the Rooney Rule came around, it was three black head coaches. We are now 19 years removed of the Rooney Rule, almost 25-plus years removed from Art Shell. And as of now, we only have one black head coach. It's it's been an issue for a long time, and people are just looking past it. I'm not. I can't sit on this show and call everybody racist, but people are looking. They 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 looking real crazy, just looking over people because of you're not familiar with them. You're not going to hire a black head coach because you're not you're not familiar with him because he's black. Brian How, Dable, mm -hmm. Brian Dable just got a job as the head coach of the New York Giants. Congratulations to Brian Dable. You know yeah. Joe Joe Shane Joe Shane picked the guy that he was familiar with from his time in Buffalo, and I figured mm -hmm. Dable would get the job. But how is it that Brian Dable gets a job the year? That he was considered to be the best offensive coordinator, but for two years Eric Bieniemy couldn't get a head coaching job. Mm. Okay, that's what I don't understand. If it's X's and O's, yeah. and you're legitimately telling me that the white coach or the white coordinator had a better resume, had a better portfolio, had a better this, a better that, all right, fine. But you're not going to sit here and tell me. That for the past three years, Eric Bieniemy wasn't the best offensive coordinator in the league, and everybody was salivating over what he did with Patty Mahomes, but yet he can't get a head coaching job. But Brian Dable gets a head coaching job because Josh Allen has a bounce back year from last year. Hmm. Cliff wow. Kingsbury got hired at, out of, from having no resume in Arizona. 
but Raheem Morris can only get a coordinator job, or Byron Leftwich can't get a head coaching position, or Tom Bowles can't get uh, can't become a head coach again. Right. Okay. Well, to stay on football, the greatest of all time, the man who went seven out of ten in Super Bowls, um, Pete's worst nightmare, has finally gone to rest after after um, trouncing the Jets for years <laughs> with a thirty and seven record against the Jets, only six and one against the Giants, but the Giants beat them when it mattered. Um, Tom Brady has retired. Um, the reports were out early in the week. Tom Brady was smart enough not to retire when the reports came out because now he's still entitled to some bread. So, shouts to that. Um, what is Tom Brady, Brady's legacy, Tay? For being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest of this generation, I mean, what he was able to do in his 20 plus year career was unmatched and unheard of. And it seemed as if he had at least one or two more good years left in him. I was surprised that he um, retired at this time. Um, he also showed that he didn't give not one hell about the Patriots. <laughs> that the, the relationship there was more sour than we thought. Um, Tom Brady was somebody who I did not appreciate until his, couple, his last couple of years as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I mean, I never really paid attention to the AFC as much as I did the NFC being a Giants fan. Um, the most I could always say is that he beat everybody but Eli. So he is definitely the GOAT. And uh, best wishes to his retirement. I wonder who's going to be next. If there's oh, be if be un- oh, oh, if what he did could ever be replicated. Does, does that go into no. like the, the Jordan, Bill Russell type conversation to where the the, the uh, numbers are just so, or the championship is just so much where nobody can catch him? Or is it more than that? Just, yeah, but just impact. It's mm-hmm. like, if he wasn't in a Super Bowl, he was near a Super Bowl. If, you know, seven rings is unheard of. It's not only the rings, it's the production, the culture yeah. of winning. Look what they, look what he, just having him there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made them contenders, and nobody cared about the Buccaneers since work done. You know, so to be honest with you, that's that's real talk. Um, you knew that the way through the Super Bowl was always through Foxborough mm-hmm. for a very long time. And um, most of us, we, I, I still don't understand why I hated the man so much. He didn't do anything to my teams in the playoffs. So... And he seems like a good family man. He hated his guts for whatever reason. Yeah, he he just came off like a supervillain. How? Because I don't know how. More of a supervillain. He's no more of a supervillain than what a Peyton Manning looks like, or what. uh, Well, Ben Roethlisberger was a rapist, so. Yeah, yeah. So no, he was definitely a supervillain off rip. And you know, we'll talk about him in a second, but um, Pete. <laughs> he was, you know, he was a super villain. I mean, listen, he played 20 years. He played 20 years with the New England Patriots, played the Jets in the regular season a minimum of 40 times in 20 years. So I understand why the record in the NFC East, I mean, the AFC East is so inflated. Um, but I'm going to take my Jets jersey off for a minute, my Jets fan jersey off for a second. And I'm going to just be real talk about Tom Brady, the player. I hated him as a fan. Obviously, as a Jets fan, I hated the man uh, because he was the hump. He was a hump we could not get over. Um, and, you know, even when we had successful teams uh, in, 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 with the New York Jets, we couldn't get past Tom Brady and the New England Patriots for whatever reason. But he is, without a doubt, without a doubt, the greatest quarterback of his generation. He is without a doubt one of the best players in the entire history of the NFL. He is quite easily, and you could play semantics with the numbers, a top five quarterback in the entire history of the NFL. I don't think you write the story of quarterbacks in this league 
without mentioning the name of Tom Brady. And I think it goes beyond the championships, as Tay said. It's a lot of a lot of it to me was the consistency at which he did it. Okay, it wasn't like he won one, took three years off, and they had bad teams, and then won another one, and then did it again and did it again. He was consistently in the playoffs, consistently in the AFC Championship games, um, and I believe he won four of his titles in back-to-backs, was the last team to go back-to-back in the NFL. He has beaten a who's who of teams and a who's who of quarterbacks. Every time you thought Tom Brady was out, he found a way to come back. Um, he is a super, he is the Lex Luthor of the NFL without being one of those villains that was self-aggrandizing. He never talked too much about himself. He never, he was never super duper egotistical uh, in the press or, um, you know, in, in the media. He just went out there and he beat you. He did what he said he was there to do, and he did it so calmly and so cool, um, and he did it so consistently. Um, as a Jets fan, I will always have a deep seat, just like with the Boston Red Sox. I will always have a deep seated place of resentment in my heart towards them, but there is a level of respect that I have towards players like in Boston, like a Nomar Garcia Fada or David Ortiz or Pedro Martinez. And it's the same level of respect that I have for a player of Tom Brady's caliber. The man is, without a doubt, one of the greatest players in the entire NFL and will be a player that will be talked about for generations to come. He is the, in my opinion, a prototype of quarterback. He was not a first-round pick. He was by no means heralded out of college. He sat for his first, what, two and a half years in college. The man sat on the bench behind Drew Henson, who couldn't make it in the NFL or Major League Baseball. And yet this man won seven Super Bowls in ten appearances. I don't think anyone will ever, ever match that. Seven out of ten? No. I doubt anybody will make ten Super Bowls in their career the way he did, let alone win seven out of ten. It's a sad day in the NFL. It really is. Especially, and I know how Tavia feels about him as a person, but to see Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady both walk away at the, at the end of the same season, um, and we don't ben know what's Ben should happen- be walking in central bookings. Like This is true. Listen, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to disagree with you as Ben Roethlisberger with Ben Roethlisberger the person, right? But let's think about this. Look, we don't you see, you see what we're not gonna do. You see, we don't separate R. Kelly, the man, from R. Kelly, the musician. Like I'm not talking to him at about him at all. We're not talking about Ben Roethlisberger on this podcast. I will walk off on the show. Right <laughs> oh, wait, now. Okay, listen, listen. Thank Pittsburgh's you. Quarterback, we're talking about Tom Brady and Tom Brady only. Tom Brady but, retired. But, he didn't rape nobody, so he gets the fly. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is though, when I think about growing up and watching the NFL, and yeah, I grew up and I watched some of the last generational greats near the end of their career. Yeah, I watched Aikman and all of them when I was a kid. But when I was really growing up in as an NFL fan, and the the players in the NFL that shaped who I was as a fan, almost I think the last of that guard. There's really only two left. And that's Russell Wilson and um, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. And we don't know how much longer those two have in and of themselves. Just about everyone else, uh, and maybe Matthew Stafford if you want to go there, but just about everyone else. Listen, John Kitna, okay, uh, John Kitna, Tom Brady, uh, Favre, um, Eli, Payton, all of these quarterbacks that it was just like, you knew them on a first-name basis or a last-name basis. It's gone, and Brady was the last of the, of the Giants and the last of that stalwart, and it's sad to see him go as much as I hated him as a fan. Well, someone whose future is in doubt as well is uh, Matthew's Matt's MVP. Uh, I said Matt's MVP. 
Mr. Um, Aaron. I don't talk to my parents, Roger. Um, again, there's no doubt that this man didn't win the MVP. He threw for 37, only threw four picks. This man deserved the MVP at this time. Uh, but do the Packers still deserve him after what happened <laughs> in the playoffs? It's like we, we already gave Aaron Rodgers a smoke, gave the Packers a smoke. But where does Aaron Rodgers go from here? He goes somewhere else. I feel like he needs to. He deserves. Mm-hmm. This is. Let me be real with you, right? Yeah. I feel like I give Aaron Rodgers a lot of smoke because of how he's portrayed. He's portrayed as Tom Brady's counterpart, where he's not. Right. right. Now, do I think that the Packers have done enough to show his skills and stuff over the past few years? Yes and no. You get what I'm saying? But I do feel like his part of his legacy depends on what he does after the Packers. I don't think he should go back. I think the drama's there. I think it's been enough. I think that both sides should have had enough at this point. You don't want to get rid of a, uh, of a MVP-level quarterback, but – I believe, I've heard that the Tennessee Titans are in the running. I've heard that the Denver Broncos are in the running. It'll be so crazy if he went to the Broncos and they won. Yeah, and you know, I always would love to have him over there. Then I would have to shut my mouth. I'm not shutting my mouth about Aaron Rodgers until he talks to his parents. True. I mean, but, I mean, listen, and, 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 and Tay, you were a big fan of the man I'm about to bring up. Favre only did it once. In Green Bay, uh, Aaron has only done it once in Green Bay, and, and I think to your point, if Aaron were to leave and go to another team and take them deep in the playoffs, or or by chance win a Super Bowl, one has to also wonder what is it about Green Bay that has had two Hall of Fame level quarterbacks, both of them who for most of their years that were there had decent playmakers around them. And we could argue that Favre had more playmakers. He had sometimes a better defense and better running game than Aaron ever had in his time in Green Bay. I think Green Bay had a good defense maybe two years uh, and, and a decent running game for about the same amount of time. But both of them were only able to win one Super Bowl in, in Green Bay uh, over both of their careers. Um, and when we talk about Bray, uh, Aaron, or people have said about Aaron being the analog to Brady, listen, the only analog to Brady that I will ever accept is Peyton Manning. Peyton at Not least took Peyton. his. No, Not Peyton, Peyton. Will, listen, Peyton will never. Peyton did not put up the wind in terms of Super Bowls, but at the very least, Peyton was always knocking on the AFC Championship game. Very few times, very few times did Peyton get get knocked out in the divisional round or the wild card round. If you were knocking out Pey- uh, Peyton Manning, it was happening in the championship game. And the only times I think Peyton did lose in the divisional round is when they ran into the Patriots or the Steelers in the divisional round of the playoffs. With that logic, we have to give the same type of credit to Aaron Rodgers, too. I mean, he always gets knocked out, it seems, in the first two rounds against teams that he should be beating. That's okay. I get that. Yeah. Peyton really only lost in early rounds to those tough, tough Steeler defenses, maybe to a tough Ravens defense, and mostly to a Brady. But if, if, if Peyton was never losing to a team he should beat in the early rounds of the playoffs. Okay, I respect that. And I think, let me tell you something, and I feel like Rodgers had a tougher route to success in the NFC than Favre did. I feel like the NFC was kind of weaker to me during the Favre years. I feel as if you didn't have the dynasty teams mm-hmm. during the late 90s. I feel mm-hmm. like it was kind of a grab for all. Brett Favre was known as that guy. And he was one of my favorite quarterbacks at the time. But I don't feel – I don't see him in any different light than I do Aaron Rodgers at this point. You get what I'm saying? And he went to the Vikings, had a eh, career with the Vikings. I think the only two real notable recent quarterbacks in memory that's had real success with teams after being with a franchise for so long 
was Peyton Manning with the Broncos, and you know he had a hell of a defense and a hell of an offensive line. Had a hell, he had a, a lot of weapons. Protect the hell out of like yeah, that was that was Guantanamo Guantanamo Bay right there. Yeah. Right, and then the thing is, even with the Broncos, there was one year Peyton Manning looked old. Looked old. The year they won. The, I thought yeah, they yeah, they won. He should have won two in, won. in Denver. There yeah. was one that they lost to the. They didn't. They didn't lose to the Seahawks, did they? Yes, they did. They got yes, massacred they by the Seahawks. Yeah. The, the, the Seahawks beat the hell out of them for no reason. They smashed. They smashed <laughs> them. Hulk smashed them in the in in the their first ring, right? Mm-hmm. The second ring, he looked his when they won, he looked much better. But he just you when you look at Peyton at his age, and when you look at Brady at his age, it's a world of a difference. Brady at his age compared to Peyton, Brady looked like he could, like we just said, Brady could play two to and and I'm stretching it with the five, but at least two to three more years. Peyton Manning, when he looked like he was out, it looked like it was over. Like he should have retired a couple years earlier than what he did. Agreed. Oh, uh, before we move forward um, with the football stuff, shouts to Sha- uh, Shaq, of course. Shouts to Drizzy. Shouts to uh, Mr. Michael Bostic. Shouts to Suplex Sparrow. Shouts to everybody watching um, live. I know we confuse y'all with Friday, but you guys are jumping on Friday, and uh, we appreciate it. Shout out to Matt. I know Matt is watching. He's just not in the comment section. But um, one last, there was one last thing in football I, I wanted to speak about. Well, we can't – no, we'll do that next – yeah, we have to do that next week because the Super Bowl is next week. And as per usual, as for last year, we had the same top two people at the top. And um, <laughs> the same two people at the bottom. Like <laughs> Protest! Protest! No protest. protest. We're not changing. I'm in protest. I'm in protest. You'll be muted. (laughs) Protesting should be a three-way tie. It should not be a three-way anything. You should you should have picked your team on time. Should be a three-way tie for that. And at the end of it, should be three of us going to this Super Bowl pick. Uh, that that that's what it is. Should be three of us going to the Super Bowl. Nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. Protest. This is protest. I'm protesting. Listen, if I change it for you, then there's no three-way tie. I have to go back and, and start changing picks for everybody. There's no three-way tie. Yeah, because there were there were weeks that I could have taken the lead, but mm-hmm. my picks came in too late. Yeah. There was also times that I could have lost if my yeah. picks had come in. Without changing the picks. Yep. So, we're not doing that. Everybody knew who I was picking. I kept the same energy this whole year. That's cute. But as I told Matt, when it's time for you to pick, you pick. Like, we we had this discussion. We made the rule before kickoff of the game. You have to pick your team. Don't pick your team second quarter and be like, yeah. <laughs> It was like three minutes. It three minutes had passed. Three minutes had passed in the first quarter, and the team that I picked was already losing by a touchdown, uh, by ten points. When I was like, "Oh yeah, my pick was the Bengals." My team was already losing. Listen, Tay team was what's the name? I would have understood it if I was like, "Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs." Prior to after she picked. So we go if we're gonna go by that logic, we gotta change a whole bunch of shit around. Still be a three-way tie. Protest to pick five. Protest to pick five. No, you're not protesting. Did you lose a little weight? Yes, I did. Thank you for noticing. Thank you for noticing. Chasing the I lost weight chasing the Bengals all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then you tripped. So no, no. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. All right. So Matt just sent me something about James Harden. The Nets are now open to trade him now. As they should be. <laughs> I the don't Nets know. are doing terrible. Yeah. It, you know funny? We're saying the Nets are doing terrible and they're third in the damn conference. <laughs> like, well, you've got you've got you've got three 
you've got three. I hate to say this, but you've got three of the top, what, maybe 25 players in the, yeah, in the NBA. Yeah, two well, and no, a half. Yeah, two and a half. <laughs> but you've got three human beings. You've got three of the top 25 players, uh, talent-wise, I should say, in the NBA, in Durant, Irving, and Harden. Um, you know, at this point, I've already I've been saying for two years they got to get rid of they got to get rid of I'll trade Kyrie Irving for a bag of balls at this point. Uh, I would like for them to keep Harden, but at at the same time I'll trade Kyrie Irving for Julius Randle. I'll take Julius Randle. Somebody get rid of Kyrie Irving for me. I'm tired of this man. You're doing too much. Um, you, you're not gonna put you're not gonna put that bad juju on the Knicks, bro. Like, I'm just I'm just saying I got to get rid of the Kyrie Irving. I, I I hate the fact that they're trying to get rid of Harden. But I think the Nets are starting to realize that it's going to be a lot better if you can rebuild around Durant. And the fastest way to do that is to move the pieces that can bring you the most value. And that will be a, a, a person like a James Harden. And I think a Kyrie Irving. I think they can get some tailor-made players. But, again, I sat here last year before this trade was made, and I said, I don't want to get James Harden because I don't want to give up what the Nets would have to give up. And sure enough, I still stand by that giving up Jared Allen, giving up Karis LeVert, uh, and giving up Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, and essentially losing a Spencer Dinwiddie for a James Harden was not a good trade to make. No, it was all bad. James Harden came. See, the way James Harden came to the team was just bad karma to begin with. Like, and the, the whole thing about this whole Ben Simmons for for um, for James Harden thing is probably not going to happen because nobody knows the status of Ben Simmons outside of probably Shaq now because Shaq spoke to him. And yeah, and ben, yo, and Ben Simmons got yo. We want to talk about Ben Simmons being being weak and Ben Simmons being a diva. Come on, Ben, you gonna slide up in Shaq's DMs and cry like a baby? Boo hoo hoo. Why you talk bad about me? I thought we was both LSU Tigers. You're not supposed to talk bad about a fellow Tiger. Shut up. Take the criticism. This is okay, Ben Simmons' well, problem. But I said this before. I, I said this. I've been back and forth and mad about it. It's like he has too many yes people. He's Yeah, he's coming off. He's shaman. He's more shaman than Anthony Davis. And that's saying something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if we talk about Anthony Davis bones, then no. <laughs> Skeleton is always in the in the red, bro. Like that man always hurt. I mean, I I gotta ask the question. If you're mm-hmm. I mean, knowing what Ben Simmons has done, like just his personality and what he's been to to the team. In Philadelphia, mm-hmm. does any team still take him? Now, if you redid that draft, does he still go number one overall, even if Philly's not the number one pick? Probably, because it's a six ten point guard. So, who was in that draft? I'm tired of this whole Ben Simmons thing. Like, I'm tired of the Lakers playing like trash. Like, the NBA is so underwhelming to me this season. I don't have, like, there's no affinity for me to even be like, oh, you know, the Knicks are playing like guard. The Knicks are nicking. The Nets are netting. Nets are reverting for sure. <laughs> and to be honest with you, this, this, this is, there's no such thing as, oh, let's make it to the finals and, you know, stuff like that. Like, if you don't win, you're a bust. Period. I think with the teams that's made up, yeah. When you're putting teams like Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis together, and and Kyrie, KD, and Harden together, these are the teams that's supposed to win. You're not supposed to lose to teams like the Phoenix Suns, who have Chris Paul and, De- and Devin Booker and DeAndre. To be fair, they were in the finals last year. To be right. fair. Yeah, no, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, yes, but we're going based off solely name value. Compared those two teams that I just mentioned, compared to the um to the Suns, the Bucks, who just won the championship. Like, you're telling me none of those teams made it to the championship with arguably 
one of the best players of all time, arguably one of the other the upcoming best players of all time. Who's upcoming? Huh? I'm talking about Lakers and LeBron James. Who's upcoming? KD. KD's arrived. He's not upcoming. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's upcoming. He's been in the league for about 15 years now. I'm just saying. Oh, 15, yeah. You know, I find I find it. I find it. That's, that's not fair. LeBron's still playing. LeBron's still playing. I know, I know, I know he's one of I know he's one of Tay's least favorite people, but um there was a point that Mr. Smith made brush, not that's because he don't brush not, his hair. So. Not too recently, uh, about LeBron going back to Cleveland again. I don't think LeBron goes back to Cleveland at all, bro. If Le- I tell you right now, with the team that Cleveland has, if LeBron went back to Cleveland, they'd win a title. Now y'all fantasy booking. Let me tell you something. Over fantasy booking that. How dare you sit here and say KD is up next? Like you really should like go off camera for saying something like that. He been at least like two thousand and seven. Okay, my daughter wasn't even born yet when KD came to the league, and my daughter's about to be 14. So, if he is the future of the league, I'm not saying he's the future of the league. He's the future of what? I'm saying that LeBron is going to go down as probably the greatest of all time outside of the the Jordan banter that people. I am not, you cannot compare Jordan to, you cannot compare Jordan. Couldn't even yes. lay shoes in his 40s. LeBron <laughs> is almost 40 years old. Still playing at an upper tier level. Okay? Jordan couldn't do that. We're not yeah. talking about rings now. We're not talking about teams. Mm-hmm. Because everybody was like, even when you go, go back to Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody like, oh, no, but Joe Montana, Joe Montana. And I'm like, okay, but did Joe Montana play into his 40s? No. LeBron is 38 years old. Gonna be 38 years old. Still, everybody is still like the league is living and dying off of LeBron still. This is very true. This is very true. I mean, even 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 Steph is getting up there in age, and it seems like you know, Steph is still super young. Steph's getting up there in age. KD is definitely up there in age. You know, you're looking at you look at that draft class. When you look at the guys, there's not many guys that were around for LeBron's rookie year that are still in the league. No, there's nobody. Nobody but Melo. It's only Melo. Everybody else retired. It was D Rose picked before or after LeBron? Way after LeBron. That was way. D Rose was was when LeBron was on the Heat. No, no. Mm-mm. He won MVP that year. Yeah, like like his LeBron was what oh four right. LeBron was 03. 03. Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is like a. I think he came in. He came in after KD. Yeah. Let me check. I know he came in after after KD. 2008. So he had five. LeBron had five years on him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 that's, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, Derrick Rose seems like he's an old man in the league. <laughs> No, and he, he came he in is. five it's years fun. after LeBron. He is an old man in this league. He's embodied this old man in this league. You know, LeBron, LeBron is, you know, again, I don't like him as a I, – I love LeBron. I hate LeBron's fans, and I think that transfers over a little bit to my, my hate of LeBron. I think LeBron is one of the greatest players, and when he retired, he will be spoken about in the same breath that we speak about the Kobe's and the Jordans and the birds and the magics and all of them. I, I, I truly believe that he, he will be, and he should be spoken about in those same conversation. Um, but unfortunately, I think, I think this trip to LA has been a little underwhelming for him. Um, and I definitely think that a lot of people, you want to talk about fantasy booking. I think a lot of people, did that when he went to LA and they're like, oh my God, they're gonna go back to the old days of LA. Nah man. This, this ain't this ain't the LeBron of Cleveland that could shoulder them all the way by himself. Yeah, right? but the he man, shouldn't do that. He shouldn't he right, shouldn't even he shouldn't. For all intents and purposes, he should have retired by now. If we're gonna be realistic, he, he should have, but 
My man is about to to do something nobody's ever ever thought he would do. The man is close to breaking Kareem's scoring record. He's gonna be. He's probably gonna go down as the only player to average a triple double for a career in terms of thirty thousand points, ten thousand rebounds, ten thousand assists. Like nobody's done that. But we, we're so caught up on range and how many times he's been in the finals and he's lost. This man has done it all. And that's and the problem. That's the problem, Dre. There's too many fans mm-hmm. out here that the only way they can wrap their small little heads around how good somebody is is how many rings they got, how many times they've been to the finals. You know how many great players in every single sport have never sniffed a championship? Dan Marino is damn near one of the best quarterbacks we will ever talk about in terms of skill in the NFL. The man does not have a ring. Never went to the Super Bowl. Carl Malone is arguably... Uh, we, don't talk, we don't talk about other pedophiles on the show either. <laughs> okay. Gary Payton. Gary Payton, one of the top 10 point guards in, the, in, in, in NBA history. Did not get a championship. Yes, okay. he did. What are you when did Gary get a championship? With Miami. That don't count. Stop it. Now we're not counting rings? That don't count. The <laughs> man didn't, the man, stop it. Stop nah. it. How many, you know, how many players do we talk about, or how many players went their entire career playing through the 90s Bulls era and never and never got to sniff a championship? Right? You know, there's so many players. Players in, in Major League Baseball who never got to never got to sniff a championship, but they are very easily some of the you know best players ever in the history of the sport. But nowadays, especially in the last what 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. not even I would say maybe the last 20, 25 years, everybody want to sit here and talk about how many rings you got, how many rings they got. I'm just, how many rings I'm just they trying got. to understand what this whole that's the only thing reason about. why I think that's the only reason why people consider Jordan great because of the rings. I don't. Jordan had 11 good seasons. No, he had he played 11, 11 of 13 seasons. Let's say that. Jordan is only great because of rings and sneakers. Rings and sneakers. Well, his, I mean, you you could talk a lot about the, the impact that MJ I mean, had on the league beyond. Gambling, gambling God. Rings <laughs> and sneakers. I have a question. People seem to forget the times where they thought about Jordan Almighty, like like this and third, he couldn't get past the Celtics by himself. We, they, they do this whole argument about by himself, yeah. Or the Pistons by himself, he couldn't get past the Pistons with Scotty. So I, I, I'm just trying to figure out this whole greatest of all time thing with Michael Jordan. Yes, the man went six times, but. Why don't people put that asterisk next to Michael Jordan because he was out the league for two years? Where's I mean, Mike, yeah, Mike had two years to right. recover. I mean, I mean, he was playing baseball, but he did recover. You're not Come playing on. like you were playing Come in the NBA. My man was playing like double A baseball, bro. Like he wasn't in the MLB. Like he was actually half good. People don't realize how good he actually was in baseball. Player. Yeah, he was half good and half ass. Rings <laughs> and sneakers. You tell you're not wrong. I think it was more also percent right. No, she's not wrong, but I think with Mike, it's the way he did it with the ring. You know what I mean? It's not so much the rings. I think it's the way he did it with the rings. The fact that it was six for six. It was three in a row each time. That's well, what's what up, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, no, listen, that's the thing. I don't I, I Tay is not wrong. I think though that's the caveat to it. When people really talk about MJ and what he did, it was just like, yo, yeah, he won six titles. Okay, cool. We could point to other people who have won six titles. But then the next thing that they fall on is... Has Jordan ever gone to an NBA Finals with a cast of D-League level players? No. Okay. So come back when he did that, and then. Oh no! I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're That's wrong. I'm saying though, like, it's that. No, no, it's what it is. We're talking LeBron about the idea the of like the bronze went to the finals with guys who, who like, 
who work at car dealerships now. Like, I'm just. There's somebody, if somebody who play, you played golf in college, right? <laughs> so, like... you know, but we, you could, you know, there were, there were, there were, there were other teams. There were other teams, you know, during that era. I mean, listen, we could talk about that. We could talk about that with the Celtics. Did Larry Bird ever make it to a finals without, you know, his cast? Does Kareem ever make it to a finals without the cast that he has? Does Magic? Larry Bird never made it to the finals without a, a at least two other All Stars or two other three other Hall of Famers on the Celtics. Magic Johnson never made the finals without multiple All Stars and Hall of Famers. So I mean that that same argument can be made for a lot of players in that era. I mean shit, it could be made about uh, the, the the bad boy Pistons. You know there were a lot of yeah. Hall of Famers and All Stars on those teams. They were very stacked squads. Jordan, a little bit more, you know, ornately so. I mean, with Pippen and that, and then you you turned a lot of these role players that would have been just role players on a lot of other teams to into you know stars because they played where they played and they got the media attention. But the same could be said for. I mean, listen, the same could be said for Duncan. When did he ever win a win a uh, ring without a Duncan? Uh, he won all of his rings alongside. He it's won like... all of his rings alongside other All Star and or Hall of Famers. He won one with D Rob, okay, and then the rest were with Ginobili and Parker. He is never Parker, won... is Tony Parker a Hall of Famer? I think he will be. If he's not, if he's not eligible yet, I think he will be. And Tony big. Parker definitely was one of the best point guards in the league during his time and a multiple time all-star. So you can you can say the same argument about Tim Duncan. He never won without David Robertson or the big three in Dallas. I mean in sorry, San Antonio. You could say the same thing. What about Dirk? My man Dirk won without the all-star. Dirk's probably the only one. <laughs> Dirk won without the all-star. Hakeem, Dirk, Hakeem, Dirk won, Hakeem won without Dirk the all-star won after he had his best team. Because Dirk's best team is the way he had Michael Finley and all them boys. And he won his title well after those teams were gone. So were, yes. so were the no, so were the so were the Bulls. So were the Celtics. The Celtics were all drafted. The Celtics, almost all of them were drafted. The Bulls, most of them were drafted by the Bulls. The the, the trades that the Bulls made were for a lot of cast-offs or secondary role players that nobody probably thought were going to be that good. Um, But most of those teams were organically built through the draft, not like they're built nowadays through massive trades. They were built, a lot of those teams, the Celtics dynasties were all organically built. The Lakers dynasty was organically built. The only Lakers dynasty that was not, or and no, you could even say that the Kobe and Shaq dynasty was organically built because they got Kobe before anybody thought he would be that level of Kobe. Yep. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. But uh, the very last The unorganicness one. started with the big three in Boston. That was when the unorganic super team started. When you when you put together Garnett, Pierce, Allen, that was the beginning of like we're just gonna put super duper all stars together and make a super team no, rather than building a super team. No, don't say that too loud because people think LeBron made the first damn super team. Don't say that too loud. Nah, because LeBron's super team in Miami was well after the Celtics. He, the Miami super team was the boss built. That was beating the beating the, the shit out of everybody. Right. <laughs> the 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 Miami super team was built off the blueprint that Boston created. Yeah. The only difference was that it wasn't. It was only. It wasn't all trades. It wasn't guys it at was, the end of their career because Garnett right. and Pierce and them were more at the twilight of their career, even when the Celtics acquired them. Um, rather than getting, because they, I think they got what? They got Bosch and LeBron after what? Their first contract. Someone said, um, Drizzy said Malone, Peyton, Shaq, and Kobe, but but, but for some reason, I don't see that. I I didn't see that as a super team because Malone was injury written. 
and and telling on Kobe and and Gary Payton wasn't Gary Payton. Yeah, they were ring chasing at that time. Yeah, they were Eden they were just Payton. ring chasing. Yeah, even um, Payton and and that was that was Shaq and Kobe saying, "Hey, let us try to get you one." I honestly believe that was Shaq and Kobe saying, "Hey, let us try to add this to your legacy because we don't want you to go down like that." And it just didn't work out the way that they all thought it would. I'm happy Carmelone get one though. So. So, amen to that. But uh, the very last topic. So we all saw the um the Colin Kaepernick um special on Netflix. Well, Spike Lee and Colin Kaepernick are now collaborating to do a multi-part documentary and production has begun. It's gonna be on ESPN, so you know it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be hard. So um what do you expect from this? Because this is a Spike Lee joint with with Colin Kaepernick. Like, Tay, how do you feel about this? Like, I think it's gonna be good. I mean, I, we kind of heard his story through the Netflix documentary. It wasn't enough. I feel like there was definitely more to be uncovered. But um, hopefully, this turns into something. I mean, it's really relevant now, especially with everything that we've been hearing about Brian Flores. And all the other racial disparities that we've been hearing in the NFL, um, I think it's going to be good. I mean, you you already know Spike comes with the heat all day. Pete? You know, um, I'm I'm intrigued by what it's going to be, but I'm also just kind of like, unless you're going to give us, unless they're going to uncover new information. Unless they're going to get people to talk who haven't already talked. Unless they're going to get people to tell some stories we haven't already heard. We all kind of know what the story is, what the particulars are, what the ins and outs are. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical because I'm just like, what are you going to give to me that we haven't already seen? Right? What are we, what are we going to get that we haven't already heard? You know? Now, if this turns out to be the straw that truly breaks the camel's back and the bomb that explodes on the NFL with new information coming out and coaches talking who never talked before and people who ain't working in the NFL talking, then, yo, let's go. But it's kind of the same thing I said in our, in our group chat about the Brian Flores situation. Colin Kaepernick's situation will always be something that will never get resolved because the people who know the truth and the people who have the stories are still people who are trying to work in the NFL, are still people who want their careers to be in the NFL. And they're not going to come out and talk bad and tell the truth because they want their careers more than they want to never work in the NFL again. Kaepernick understood that he would probably never get another job in the NFL again after a certain amount of time. The same way I think Brian Flores has accepted he will never coach in the NFL ever again. Okay? Um, But the same thing with the Brian Flores situation. The people who have the answers and the people who know the truth are not going to come forward and speak that truth because they're not willing to sacrifice their careers and their jobs. And it's the same with Kaepernick. There are people who know the truth and I think could honestly break this this story more wide open than we've heard so far. But they're not willing to sacrifice their careers because they're still trying to work in the NFL. Agreed, agreed. Um, Pete, you have anything for quick hits? You got to do it the way Tay likes you to do it, too. Uh, one thing, and we don't even got to play the intro, just MLB's, <laughs> MLB and the unions are calling in a mediator because billionaires cannot billionaires cannot figure out how to make millionaires happy without affecting the billionaires. So we may see spring training get postponed or pushed back. But right now, uh, the players union and the major league baseball owners are still very far apart um, on, on a new CBA and they're calling in a mediator to see what they can get done. But as of right now, pitchers and catchers should be getting ready to report and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we may see spring training get postponed, and God forbid we see uh, the regular season get pushed back a little bit. All right, bet. 
So shouts to the job. Shouts to the job Tips podcast who just made 200 episodes too, by the way. Shouts to them. Congratulations to them. Um, um, congratulations to Wilkins who just made 10 years um, of doing, um, you know, in, in inside the, the party scene. So shouts to him. Um, shouts to the whole network as a whole. Shouts to everybody who supports us. Shouts to everybody here. Shouts to Queen Tay. Shouts to Pete. Um, Shout to BK Matt. Hope he feels better soon. Um, guys, anything else? Talk to your parents, Aaron Rodgers. Call your parents. That, yeah, that's always going to be a thing, bro. Call Talk your parents. To your parents. Also, I'm very interested to see how the sale of the Denver Broncos goes down, especially with everything going down right now with this Brian Flores situation. Very interested to see how this ownership situation goes down with the Denver Broncos. Uh, we'll definitely see that. We'll definitely see that. Um, Drizzy said, um, hug your mama, Aaron. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's all she wants. That's all she wants. Or just a wave or something like yeah, Ride right. past the house and, and, and honk the horn, something, my guy. <laughs> but um, for the voice of, the, of a generation, Pete Rosado, for BK Matt, for the queen, Queen Tay, it is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.